Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Like you didn't know. Allamericangold.com. That is the website. Uh, shout out to Ramon. Ramon does such a great job, uh, getting all those articles up there. Uh, I will say this. The vast majority of the stuff out there, we never talk about. It's only an hour. You know, we only got an hour. And really, with commercials and all that stuff, we're really talking about 40-something minutes. Uh, so make sure there's a, there's so much information out there. Uh, our medals plan, if you ever wanted to, to join our medals plan, uh, you know, it, 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 it's out there. That information's out there. We, we put articles uh, Monday through Friday, different articles every single day, videos, all these things. Uh, all the podcast stuff is out there. Obviously, our contact information and all that stuff is there uh, as well. Allamericangold.com. And uh, welcome to February, right? Uh, and uh, probably uh, couldn't get here soon enough. I know Colorado getting ready for a big blast. Winter is here. Uh, you're going to see it uh, in the heating bills and in the gas prices uh, as things are picking up out there. Uh, the I, Just be careful. I, I, I know that uh, Jason is on assignment today. Uh, he's doing work for the radio station. Uh, he won't be joining us today, but uh, I know that the conditions uh, tonight and tomorrow are going to be a little bit scary. Jason's debating on whether or not he should... Uh, may have to stay at the radio station overnight, uh, but uh, be careful out there. Be careful out there. I know. Here's the thing. Everybody up there that's been there, you guys know how to handle it and, and prepare yourselves. Uh, it, it's uh, if, if a bunch of Arizonans had to deal with with that, it'd be it would be complete bedlam out there. So uh, just be a little extra careful. Make sure you get to work and all that great stuff. And I guess uh, there there's going to be a bunch of snow coming as well, which I like. Uh, we need the water. Water uh, over the next ten years is going to be an awfully big deal here in the West. We got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, gold and silver are rallying. Uh, gold's back above eighteen hundred right now, up uh, ten, eleven, eighteen oh five, eighteen oh six. Silver's up thirty seven cents, uh, twenty two eighty. Uh, trying to get back to twenty three. The Dow's uh, up, but barely. Dow's up twenty points. A ton of economic data to talk about, but we're going to talk about a few things uh, today. One of them is going to be uh, a little more on on the crypto side of things and the regulation that is coming. We're also going to be about talking about what China's been up to uh, in regards to uh, crude oil. In regards to computer chips if, and uh, what that could mean, uh, we're also going to talk about uh, different things in, in the farming industry, uh, more reports out about how the price of food uh, is going to be escalating significantly, uh, pork, apparently the pork stockpiles uh, aren't very good, the Department of Agriculture said uh, the cold storage was 
uh, down to under 400 million pounds. That sounds like a lot, but apparently, you know, and again, the way we consume meat, that's probably isn't a lot. It is of uh, the lowest level in decades. Well, there's one point, a brief moment in 2010, uh, but really looking at these charts here, this is the lowest level of pork, uh, in storage, uh, in a very, very long time. You know, you eventually get to the point where, well, the last time it was this low, there was 50, 60, 80, 100 million less people in the country. Uh, the USDA is saying that pork prices are on the rise. Denver, uh, bacon. Hit a new all-time record high of seven dollars, and these are wholesale seven twenty-one a pound, up forty percent uh, in the last year and a half. So, uh, you know, all you bacon lovers out there, get ready. This is a big deal for me. You know, I'm on my new diet, by the way. Down twenty, almost twenty-seven pounds below. I'm below three hundred pounds. I know that's a lot still, uh, but. I'm going to get there. I, I started out saying I was going to lose 75 pounds. Now I think I want to go to 100 pounds. Uh, that, that's somewhere in between there anyway. Uh, and this diet, I'm on this keto thing, which for me works. You know, it, and uh, it's the first one. And I've tried a few different, you know, I've tried, uh, you know, the celery uh, juice diet. That did not work for me. Uh, I've done the walking thing, which I had some success with that. Uh, but uh, this keto thing for what I like to eat uh, seems to fit uh, what, what uh, for me anyway, bacon, a big part of that. Because, you know, my wife, I didn't get to eat a lot of bacon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to get a lot more expensive. Thinking of expensive, we haven't talked about this one. It's going to be everything. I just want to try to drill this home to everything. It is going to be everything. Cotton prices. Hitting more than a decade high as uh, apparently, you know, like everything. Cotton prices uh, expected to go significantly higher. Here's the funny thing. Cotton was a dollar twenty-six a pound, which I don't know. That sounded cheap to me. But apparently they're saying that cotton has been up for seven straight quarters in a row. The longest streak going back to 1959. Uh, and they're talking about cotton going to a dollar fifty a pound. And here's what was so funny about that is one of the people they were talking about in the interview, they said uh, May and June future prices at a dollar fifty a pound. That is no man's land in terms of cotton. And the traders are like, we don't even know what to do with it. Here's the problem. I don't think it stops at a dollar fifty a pound. Yeah, those shirts are going to start costing more as well. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. How bad is it going to be? Yesterday, and I apologize. I know our stream was down at, at thirteen sixty. It's back up. Uh, but but yesterday we talked about uh, we got a big big piece of the puzzle we were missing. Uh, the Freedom of Information Act. And, and I want you to understand uh, how malicious this really is. There's laws in place. There's, well, well rules in place uh, when it comes to our central bank that they're allowed 
to block access to what they're doing for two years. And then you can, through the Freedom of Information Act, tell us what you did. We have a right to know. Well, apparently we really didn't. When it came to the financial crisis, the Fed went all the way to the Supreme Court to argue that, hey, if we actually told people what we did, that it would be it would be horribly damaging. Horribly damaging to who? Right? It would be horribly damaging to the system that they've created, and which is why we, you know, we, we talk about this house of cards. Understand what's happening here. So yesterday we learned how much money they really created. Today, if I don't get it to, through today, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm going to start showing you how much more money got created starting in 2019. We talked a little bit about 2019 when the Fed, remember that was the Fed was tapering and they all, they had to have that dramatic reversal. Uh, we're going to share that as well. But this is why when we talk about what we're facing here, you know, think about, have I missed anything? Anything that we can consume and the prices? How about this? Rent. You know, now, as all of us know, we are a nation of renters. I mean, almost, I mean, we're right at that point where about half the country rents. Right? Think about car leases, right? right? For most people, that's all they do. They just rent. Rent prices skyrocketed across the country. Uh, they're saying that the average rent rose 14% last year. Now, we know home prices rose 20%. Uh, the Fed, uh, they're, they're saying uh, that, you know, the rent equivalent, you know, that rent equivalent they, they use for inflation, uh, they're, they're, they're barely at 4%. And the problem is this number, this, this, this number, that makes up the biggest part of CPI, which is why it is very advantageous for the central bank to lie about the number. Because if they actually just use the rent number, 14%, because it's easily tracked. I mean, that's that's what it was. The inflation number that they say was 7% would be 20. I mean, that's think about what I just said, 20. Let's go through it. Cities like Austin, New York, Miami, increase what it was as high as 40%. Phoenix, by the way, all you Arizona listeners, Phoenix, we didn't, Arizona, we didn't have one city in the top 15. We had five cities in the top 15 as far as rent increases go. Uh, rents really shot up in the second half of the year, but here's the bad part. According to real estate firm Redfin, they're saying that rents are going to continue to rise in 2022, saying expect at a minimum another 10% increase this year. And again, I want to point it out, it's not going to stop. You have no idea. People have no idea. It's going to be a, a very, very rude awakening. Uh, and then I wanted to share this story as well from Michael Snyder. If you guys uh, don't follow Michael Snyder, 
Uh, he does uh, the economic blog. He's really good. He does a lot of great blogs out there. Uh, he he is saying that he had a farming insider reach out to him. Now he doesn't name the person, so I I don't know uh, if this is a major buyer, right? Like processor of fruits and vegetables or uh, corn and soy. I don't know if this is a trader, right? Is this somebody that trades in? The, the the farm commodities, or is this somebody uh, tied uh, to the Food and Drug Administration, or uh, it has ties uh, to the Department of Agriculture? But I want to share what, uh, with you uh, an excerpt from the email he sent to Michael Snyder. Things for 2022 are interesting. And then he puts in parentheses and scary. Input cost for things like fertilizer, liquid nitrogen, and seeds are like triple and quadruple the old price. It will not be profitable to plant this year. Let me repeat, the economics will not work. And the word not was in all caps. Our plan is to drop about 700 acres of corn off and convert them to use soybeans. Now, I talked about this, I, I want to say, a week or a week and a half ago. Soybeans require less fertilizer. Remember now, so this means uh, the price of beef, because they use corn, uh, the price of gasoline is going to get much more expensive uh, because the corn harvest is going to be significantly less. You know, farmers don't want to do math. Uh, farmers are probably the best <laughs> uh, at economics, and, and not because they want to be. They say that soybeans use less fertilizer. And we also have chicken manure from that operation. Guess what, he says, or writes. We are not the only ones with those plants. So this is obviously, now that I'm reading this a little more carefully, this is obviously a major grower. Already. There is a shortage of soybean seeds. What? What? It, it, never, it doesn't end, does it? It's like everything. So we will see how that works out. Well, I can tell you how it works out. Right? The cost of the soybeans are now, the seeds are going to triple and quadruple and, and, and possibly more. The way I see it, there's going to be a major grain shortage later this year, especially with corn. I mean, we are small with that. What about the people in the Midwest who have like 10,000 acres of corn? This will not be good. 
says that the plans for most of the farmers out there is to drastically cut the corn acres. Uh, and again, you guys can do the math. You guys can understand uh, what is coming. And why do I bring this up? Because I've, I've been telling you all along, you really have no idea what's coming. What, what, what got dropped yesterday in the Freedom of Information Act of how much money the central bank actually created during the financial crisis. So go back. 08, 09, 2010, 20, and really kept creating secretly for years. Trillions and trillions and trillions. And I'm not talking about 5 trillion, 10 trillion, 20 trillion. Right? We're, we're talking hundreds of trillions of dollars. And now it really makes sense. And you think about every industry has to say, bro, I can't produce this because it's too expensive. I'm going to switch to this. And then all of a sudden you switch to that. Now it's like, wait a minute, I, I don't have enough seeds for that. So I can't produce, right, if I can't produce that, what, what's the, and, and, it, and it's like this daisy chain uh, of events. And next thing you just end up with sky high prices on everything. People not being able to afford to live. You, you're talking about, there was an, uh, uh, an article, an article, on the on the local news yesterday, and I was watching it on accident, right? That we were just it was on that channel. I wasn't even watching it, uh, but I hear this thing about rents. They're talking about rents going up as much as eight hundred dollars a month. Uh, they interviewed uh, one one young lady who's being interviewed. She's like, "Yeah, uh, my rent jumped another three hundred dollars, and and already I was living paycheck to paycheck, uh, and I don't know where I'm going to live." And, and this is kind of uh, the thing that I think all of us are going to face uh, in 2022 into 2023. Uh, this is why uh, the recession lights are flashing. The the Fed is not going to be able to get away uh, with a couple of rate hikes. And calling it good. That's that's not going to work. So, I think Wall Street is in big trouble coming into the end of 2022 and into 2023. I don't. I think probably this is my guess. We're probably in for a big recession. I think in 2023. That's just that's just my guess. I, I, and again, we'll see uh, how creative the Federal Reserve is going to be. But I want people to understand uh, what what's happening right now through uh, the Office of Financial Research. This was an office uh, created by Dodd Frank. And and again, I want to emphasize how this bill is going to punish us all. Uh, this was Wall Street on parade. Uh, i got to tell you right now, these quickly becoming one of my favorite places. Uh, and, and, again, this is really complicated stuff that isn't that complicated. But they, the Dodd-Frank bill created this department for the government to warn. It was supposed to be an early warning system for the derivatives market, really, which was to warn us, hey, these banks, they're doing that risky stuff again, uh, and Wall Street on parade is kind of calling them out. Uh, apparently, uh, the report they released July of last year, which so funny is, 
the 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 Martins didn't the, the Martins are the one that does Wall Street operate. They didn't even discover this until last week. So again, uh, the the hiding of documents that is uh, whether it be the central bank, uh, whether it be this agency that they made this big deal about how this was going to make us all safer. Remember, I've told you, Dot Frank actually puts us at a bigger risk. And that was really their intent. Hey, next time, you made yourself clear, America. You don't want us to bail the banks out. Okay. Well, we'll make you pay for it next time. That's really what Dodd-Frank is. And then they made the banks even bigger. But the report, if you want to look this up, counterparty choice, bank interconnectedness, and system risk. Sounds complicated, but I don't want to read that. Let me just tell you what that really is. This is these derivatives, right? Remember the CDSs and the CDOs and all these swaps and all this stuff we learned about in the financial crisis. This is all the stuff on banks' balance sheets that remember AIG. So they had, quote, unquote, insurance. And then, of course, all the insurance companies that were insuring these derivatives went belly up, right? So it was, the insurance wasn't even uh, uh, worth the paper it was printed on. Well, the Martins uncovered something really nasty in here, and you all need to understand it. Because remember, I've been warning you about having your money in the bank for, for forever. This is the reason why. We'll be back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two Patriot Radio News Hour. We're starting to understand the depths of what the central bank and these mega banks have been hiding. Of course, it, it's ten years too late. But now the problem is even worse. I want to reiterate: this is the Office of Financial Research. Again, created by Dodd-Frank to monitor these risky derivatives. That are, You know, the funny part is they created these derivatives and said, see, we've minimized the risk. No, they actually made it much greater. But here, he, I want to, and also one other thing, quick note. This was done in July. Think about uh, a little before that. When remember, after the Fed had to have this emergency on uh, in in 2019, it was this market they were bailing out. By the way, they prevented banks uh, from paying dividends. They prevented them from buying back their own stock. I don't know if a lot of you remember that. And then all of a sudden, they said, "Oh, problems fixed." And of course, all the banks started increasing dividends, right? Buying back billions of stock. Come to find out, this arm that was created to be kind of the whistleblower was blowing the whistle to absolutely nobody. Let me read you. So, uh, the researchers, they, they examined 18 different over-the-counter derivatives. Okay, so this is going to be housing, uh, probably commercial real estate, probably multifamily housing, automobiles, probably credit cards, I mean, all kinds of stuff. 18, and now, I don't know if that's all 
of the categories, but they, they did 18 of them. And I'm going to imagine, because I want to believe that they're trying to do a really good job, that they did the 18 biggest ones. Okay, so but I, I don't, but they did 18 of them. I want to read to you what they wrote. Banks interconnectedness through the over-counter derivative markets was I was identified as an important factor that contributed to the severity of the great financial crisis. Okay, let's face it. It was the reason, right? I mean, didn't, it was it. And it remains an area of fragility of systematically important banks on which we have very limited understanding. Right? Again, what? But we still don't know what these things are. You know, I, I don't talk about Warren Buffett a lot, but one of the reasons why uh, he was kind of unscathed in the financial crisis is because he goes, people try to sell me these derivatives all the time. And then I'd ask them to explain it to me, and they never could, and I couldn't understand it. And if I don't understand it, I don't buy it. Well, apparently... The office that we created to monitor this stuff is saying, man, we don't understand it. The trading of these derivatives is notoriously concentrated in the largest banks, which are also the ones for which we have data. Okay, so we learn one thing. The major banks pretty much own this market. And that makes sense, right? The, the largest bank, the 10 largest banks, got 90% of all the deposits. My guess is these largest banks got 90% of all the derivatives. And by the way, these were the banks we were they were looking at. So we know that. One important feature is the substantial counterparty risk that banks face. In our context, the most important counterparty risk is that faced by banks trading with non-bank entities? So very interesting. Wait a minute. What do? What do you? What are they saying? Non-bank entities. See, before right, they were trading with like AIG. Technically, uh, the insurers. Uh, the, and of course, we know what happened. They all blew up. But according to uh, the the office here. The Office of Financial Research. The bank has found a new patsy. And this is where it gets interesting because the Martins ask. So they get this information. They call the Office of Financial Research. They talk to the researchers that actually did the investigation and ask them, Hey, will you tell us who these non-bank entities are? And according to the Martins, they got no answer. They refused to tell them who the counterparties were other than saying that they were non-bank entities. Uh, they did tell us that the banks that are at most at risk, well, the Wall Street mega banks of J.P. Morgan Chase and Citigroup, 
Bank of America Goldman Sachs. These are the ones that are listed in this report. We know that banks, in the report, we know that banks are more likely to establish or maintain a relationship and increase their exposure Within an existing relationship, the report says. So in other words, what the bank, what they're saying is, hey, once the banks get one of these non-banks to bite, seemingly what the data tells us is they continue to overwhelm the non-bank counterparties that already have heavily connected and exposed to other banks. In other words, all these banks are dumping this stuff on the same non-bank entities. So again, hugely risky. This is just like, hey, AIG is the counterparty to all of this. right? And according to the researchers, they're like, this is the same problem, just a different patsy. And and the problem is, I'm I'm assuming this is going to be a bunch of Wall Street companies. That's my guess. Right? That are desperate. You gotta remember, they're desperate to do something with this money. Normally they would have bought treasuries. Right? The same reason we talked about why are the banks in the housing market? Well, they can get five percent after everything's said and done by collecting the rents and after they pay the property management and fix all the stuff and this and that. Where before, they just would buy a treasury and say, yeah, I can make 5%. I don't have to deal with all the headaches. Same thing happening here. The House of Cards. Is it getting ready to implode? Patriot Radio News Hour will be back. 800-951-0592. I'm reading from a report from the Office of Financial Research. This was done July the 12th. This is when the report got released, July 12th, 2021. Remember, this is after this emergency, before coronavirus, the emergency where the central bank had to open up the Fed window for these uh, financial derivatives, if you will. And then signaled we fixed it all and banks can do what they want again everything's wonderful and according to the office again created by dodd frank to warn about these things let me go back to it so here's what they've said the banks have found a new patsy and again remember when the counterparty fails the bank fails right because the banks are relying on this counterparty right to pay if the derivative doesn't succeed, right? If the derivative uh, basically goes under, right? That's the they're the other side of the trade. We learned the first time around this was heavily done in insurance companies or reinsurers. The office uh, of financier says, okay, they found a different patsy, but here's what we found: we have the same exact problem there's not that many of them all of them these non-financial but non-bank companies uh, they're buying 
huge quantities of these, and they're buying them from everybody. Right? There's that interconnective thing. Hey, we got a big problem here, so let me read to you what they say. They said, in such densely connected networks are more likely to connect with riskier counterparties. In other words, as this goes on, every day, day after day, week after week, month after month, the trades get more risky, which makes sense. Hey, there's too much. You can't spread it out enough, and now you're selling more and more risky assets all to the same people. And they're saying that riskier counterparties for their material exposures. The effects are strongest in the case of non-bank financial counterparties. The findings suggest moral hazard behavior and counterparty choices. What does that smell of? Hey, we're dumping real stuff we know is not going to be good onto these guys. And they're just not they're not smart enough to realize what we're doing. Right? Isn't that discussed? Of course. Finally, we demonstrate that these exposures are strongly linked to systemic risk. Overall, the results suggest a network formation process that amplifies risk through non-bank linkages and opaque financial markets. Here we go. Again, this is the blow-up. This is what's going to happen. But this time, the blow-up isn't going to be AIG. Uh, This time, the blow-ups are going to be, I'm guessing, a bunch of our... Uh, stalwarts of Wall Street. This is going to be a double whammy. Uh, here, here's the here's the sad part. They refused to name any of the banks and any of the non-banks in their report. So I want to. I guess I need. I misspoke because I told you, hey, City B. The Martins are saying that through the research. These are the ones that have the highest exposure. But the report from this regulator refuses to name any of the parties involved. How are we supposed to to know the risk if you won't tell us? Now, here's what the Martins did. Going back to October 1st, 2019, the largest borrowers in the Fed repo loan from October 1st of 2019 through December 31st of 2019. So think about that. That's like three months. Numura Services, $3.7 trillion. J.P. Morgan, trillion. This is the money they were borrowing. Goldman Sachs, $1.67 trillion. Barclays, $1.48 trillion. These are trillions. Citigroup, 
1.43 trillion. Deutsche Bank, 1.39 trillion. This is 2019. And they, they just have one, two, three, four, six, six banks. There's over $10 trillion right here. I wonder how bad it really gets. They say the larger the bank, the greater potential spillover if it defaults. The higher its leverage, the more prone it is to default under stress. And the greater its connectivity index, the greater is the share of the default that cascades onto the entire banking system. I think I, I think I got the plan. This is how the digital currency is going to come. Patriot Radio News Hour final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two U.S. Uh, ten dollar liberties a thousand forty five. If you buy ten or more, a thousand forty at eight hundred nine five one. 0592 gold's up a 10 spot here uh 1805 uh that that's obviously a little healthier here after the uh, ridiculous sell off that we saw uh last week on a bunch of fantasy land nonsense by the way uh silver's up almost uh 40 cents uh crude oil uh $88 in change uh, keep an eye uh that market is going to get even bigger but uh, we're, we're talking about the risk here. By the way, they did mention Citigroup and JP Morgan by name in this report as far as they have the largest foreign assets in the, uh, derivatives. In other words, uh, the, the failure doesn't even necessarily have to occur here. Now they don't say what countries or, or what you know who who or where these foreign assets are. Uh, all as they mention is that the uh, five U.S. banks had large foreign asset assets, and when they consider large to be more than three hundred billion dollars, uh, but they did mention J.P. Morgan and Chase. Uh, have substantially more than that. Uh, then they also uh, went on to say that this risk is completely systemic. We've got the same thing happening again. It's going to happen all over again. Inflation is roaring. We, we haven't even seen the worst of it, which is the bad part. The 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 when the interest rates start rising, you're going to see these things start buckling. Uh, and then one, one, uh, this cascading event, and of course they're talking about winding down their balance tree. That's all fantasy land. It, it's not going to happen. And if it does, uh, it's going to be done deliberately, uh, to, to, to crash this whole thing together. And I want to point out that the Federal Reserve has worried enough. They have given oversight, supervision, to come in J.P. Morgan City, Goldman, Morgan Stanley, you know, all these guys. You know who they put in charge of supervising these guys? The Federal Reserve Bank of New York. I mean, this is something where, quite honestly, this is the power of banking. There's no way. This is having, this is classic 
let the wolf guard the hen house. This is this is nonsense. This is absolute nonsense. Uh, this is why we need uh, something somebody completely independent. But here's the problem. You know what they say? Well, you know these people, th- these independent. We can't use independence because they don't understand. This is complicated stuff here. It's not complicated. You're putting risk on the companies that have no chance to pay it if it goes bad. And you've connected it all. We understand it all. I want to just uh, praise uh, the Martins here for uncovering all of this. And I want to point out the Freedom of Information Act that we got the other day that exposed, you know, hundreds of trillions of dollars of money created. Just think about how much money the Fed created in the last three months of 2019. This is why. (laughs) Food shortages, right? Sky-high prices, all of these things. It's all tied to the creation of money. You can't have prosperity from the printing press. Well, you can for a little while. And then it all comes crashing down. $10 Liberties, 1045 10 or more, 1040 